Sex ladies, have you ever stopped, took a breather, and thought, hey, is this it? I mean, is this all? Then life hits you with menopause and midlife crisis. Well, that's what happened to me. But ladies, it's not game over. Oh, no. We've got to get up and claim our space and fight back. My name's Simona, and come join me as I document my life journey, discover midlife solutions one step at a time. I will present various ways to improve our lives and increase our self-care. I will interview inspiring people, share with you the best-kept secrets to a successful and meaningful life. So let's get rocking! Couch the Fire will inspire you to get unstuck and venture out of your comfort zone and ignite your fire within. Couch the Fire. Get your life back. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to introduce my guest, Gloria Felt. She is a New York best-selling author, speaker, and feminist leader that we love. Um, she is a co-founder and president of the Take the Lead organization, and that is a program that helps women lead. And she, of course, also is part of Planned Parenthood and was a president uh, from 1996 to 2005. Welcome, Gloria. Thank you. So happy to be here with you. I'm so excited that you're here, too. <laughs> and I have a question to you to ask you about um, female leadership. Um, I know you've been working with equality for a long time. What do you think is your take on women and how we can get equal pay and equal position in corporate life? Oh, that's just my favorite topic. Thank you for asking that question, Simona. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I started, I co-founded the organization. It's a nonprofit organization called Take the Lead six years ago when I realized that I couldn't figure out, I had to figure out, first of all, why. Women at that point um, already had, were, were earning 57% of the college degrees and we had the power of the purse. We, women buy 85% of the products and services that are sold, we either buy them or we make the family decisions right. about where that money is going to be spent. So we have the power of the purse if we choose to use it. And we've got the power of that education. Um, we have the power of actually the business case that, that uh, companies that have more women in their leadership make more money. And so I couldn't figure out why. Why? Because I'd been an activist for women since the 1960s, for goodness sakes. It's like, right. why would open the doors, would change the laws? What in the world was wrong? Why weren't, why was there still a pay gap? Why yeah. was there still, you know, why, why were we still stuck at under 20% of the top leadership positions in every single sector? So I, 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 I sort of, well, not unwittingly or unwillingly, but, but it wasn't what I had actually planned to do. But I, I realized that that I, in some of the research that I had done for my last book, which is called No Excuses, Nine Ways Women Can Change How We Think About Power, that I had actually stumbled upon a, 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 a not a secret, but a, something that actually does help women make that breakthrough. And that, that the biggest barriers were now in our own heads. 
Because, mm. I mean, yes, there are still plenty of external biases. There are still plenty of policies that need to be changed. There's no question. I mean, we need great childcare in this com- in this country that is affordable and accessible to everybody. And that would that would change a lot for women. Just you know, to talk about one policy change that is sorely needed. Yes, but, here, here. Yeah, but even so, the what I found was that that women were not were not walking through the doors that were open. And I couldn't figure out why, because logically to me, I thought, well, if a door is open, surely you're going to want to walk through it. Yeah. But when you, when women would try to walk through it, they would, there was this two edged sword. It was like, if you appeared to be powerful, you were negatively perceived. Mm-hmm. If you didn't act powerful, it was assumed you couldn't do the job. Mm. If you were a mom it was assumed that you wouldn't pay as close attention to your job. You wouldn't really give your all to it. If you were a dad, on the other hand, and you, you, you were assumed that you would be a better employee because you would be the provider for those children. So all these unfairnesses are still out there. But, yeah. this, but still, what I found was that women have, were socialized differently around power and intention than men. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, for those of your listeners who have both a boy and a girl child, they're going to laugh when I say this, you know, like the little boy comes out of the womb knowing he owns the world because he kind of does. And just like there are barriers that just aren't there. uh, A little girl is still taught to be nice, to sit still, to care a lot about what other people think about her and how she looks. And, you know, it's constant. And if the parents aren't doing that, the culture is. Absolutely, it is. So, you know, there's some things as a parent you cannot overcome and the culture, try (laughs) as you might. (laughs) So, So there is this differential socialization around power and the ability to actually decide who we are and what we want to accomplish and to have these high levels of intention Mm -hmm. in our lives. And so what I what I found was that if I can help women shift how they're thinking about power from the way that the the narrative of history has always been written, like wars and fighting and scarce resources, and I have to have power over you or else I don't have power to what the reality is, which is that power has no attributes of its own. It's like a hammer. You can build something with it or you can break something apart. So if you shift in your mind, Power being the power to, the power to make life better for yourself, your family, your community, the world, the power to innovate and create and to understand there isn't a finite pie, that if I help you and you help me, we both have more. Mm -hmm. Then I would see masks fall off of women's faces. And it literally, one, uh, one woman, I love this, the way that she said it after she took one of my courses, which is she says, this is like jet fuel for the soul. It's like jet fuel for my career. I love it. Yes. Like, you know, it's like it just, it, it frees women to, to embrace power in a new way and, and to use it in a positive way. And that enables us, I think, to have higher levels of intention to know we, not only we can do things, but we jolly well deserve it. And, yes. because, and, and, and just to give you another example, women actually ask for less. So yes, you can look at some studies that say women choose lower paying jobs, but to some extent, 
the choice of profession is what society has said is the appropriate profession for us, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But even when you match job for job and experience for experience, not looking at, you know, which gender chose which job, men still ask for more Mm -hmm. when they're asking for their compensation. Like, Like enough more that in the course of your lifetime, a woman will earn half a million to a million dollars less than a man will. So so the pay gap, the best way to end the pay gap is to teach girls, first of all, financial literacy from the time they're getting their first quarter a week allowance or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, to teach the value of money and to teach their value and to teach them to teach negotiation skills and to teach to teach girls and young women to know what their worth is and to, to actually research when they're going into the job market, to research what their worth is on the job market. Yes. That's worth. <laughs> do some research. Um, do some research. And now it's so easy to find out what that job is, is paying for anybody. Absolutely. And then, and then go in prepared and ask and ask for more. Ask yeah. for more. What's the worst that can happen? Right. You don't get it. You have to ask before you get anything, right? <laughs> That's right. She who asks gets. She who doesn't doesn't. It's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. So so the solution is actually in our hands. We actually have the power, but we have to know it, see yeah. it, embrace it, and use it. Yeah. And that's the hard part. That's truly the hard part. But it's funny that you say that whole scenario of that woman saying it's jet power for my career because you kind of interpret it differently for us to understand in our heads, our female heads, because I'm like, oh, that is totally right on, Gloria. This is totally, we're here to help, to help my family, to help uh, myself, to have a better life. And that's what resonates with us, Mm -hmm. I think. Yes. And, you know? and, and, and to have a better life, it's really helpful to earn whatever your worth is in the market. Yes. Right? Absolutely. It's, you're not doing anybody any favors by not asking for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not just about yourself. It's also about your family. It's also about, about what you're then able to do. And, you know, for those of us who aspire to help others as well, the more you have, the more you can give too. And, you know, it's just having that culture and, and, and women are much more inclined to want to work for companies that are, that feel more purpose driven too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And when when women are in executive positions in companies, their company is more likely to be more philanthropic. Mm -hmm. So it just works for the benefit of everybody. Yes. Yeah. I'm proud to say that my boss's boss is a female and I love that. And that's amazing. You know, it, it makes me feel so much better and more confident in my abilities to have such a, a role model that's up in the ranks, you know. That's a really good point, Simona. And, and I think one of the reasons that it's been harder for women to see themselves in those uh, executive kinds of positions and even know that they could do it and raise their hand and say, I want it, is because when you don't have those role models, it's, it, it's just harder for you to envision yourself in that position. If you can't see it, you can't be it, they say. Absolutely. So, so that's, yeah. that, that's another thing. And it's why it's so important, again, for, for girls and women to, to just get to know 
the amazing things that women are doing out there because also often women have actually done amazing things but haven't been credited with it. Yes. So yes. telling the story, telling women's history, uh, talking to women on a podcast like this, it means a lot to people. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that I can share your virtues and your wisdom with everybody. So thank you, Gloria, for coming on. My pleasure. Anytime. Always got lots to talk about with you. <laughs> um, is there any way that they can connect with you on social media or? Thank you for asking. I always forget to tell that. Yes. Um, if anybody wants to know more about Take the Lead, the URL is takethelead.women.com. And we have a lot of free resources. And then also we have events and courses and things like that. So, so people can just, you can just tool around on the website and see. I am available on social media by using my own name on every platform. Great. Gloria Feltz. You just have to remember it's F-E-L-D-T. That's the only, that's the only thing D-T, that you can yeah. do at okay. Gloria Feltz on every, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. So there, there we are. Fabulous. Well, we're all connected. So we're excited to connect with you then. Likewise. Thank you, Gloria, for coming on. And you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Couch to Fire. I hope this podcast sparks something in you to take action to live your best life. If you're interested in joining me in this podcast and have something inspiring to share, please contact me. Couch to Fire. Live your best life.